In this episode, we're going to give you a list of some of our favorite free sources of property data. And so you don't drown in information overload, we'll also let you know exactly what's valuable on each site. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're talking about free data sources for property buyers. One of the great things about our digital age is that information is so easy to come by. But the (laughs) downside is that we can gather so much that it becomes difficult to sift through and make meaningful decisions. So that's what we aim to help you with today. Veronica, we both started in real estate over 20 years ago and the data that we relied on was actually from the land titles office in each state. Um, Really, it was the only holder of the sort of information that we now get readily available either by subscription or or for free. And it was always at least three months old, if not longer, because contracts were all paper-based. Everything was faxed. You know, contracts had to be, the originals had to be stamped by the stamps office. There was no, you know, electronic settlements or or emailing of, of information through. Do you remember that? I do. And in fact, we even had one computer that the entire sales (laughs) team shared in the office that I worked in. It was all manual, paper-based, and we had to do drive-bys of sold properties. So there were no old sales links to refer to, no floor plans, no photos, let alone market data. In fact- You know, remember how we used to monitor the market? So now you can sort of jump on realestate.com and roughly see how many properties are for sale. And there's all sorts of data sources saying how how many lists things there are and so forth. We used to count signs. So it would be driving around your patch, your area, your suburb, whatever the case may be when we were selling agents and counting the number of for sale signs on properties. That is how we determined how many properties were available. This is the olden days. We're only talking 20 years ago. You know, the office that I worked in, we were quite groundbreaking in our marketing of property, right? And we had a book that used to, the magazine, we used to call it the Sarah Lorden magazine. And in every page of that magazine was some glossy photos of the properties and a floor plan. And I kept 
every single copy. I still have them, you know, every single copy of the magazine for the six years that I worked there, I kept. And the reason I kept it was because, you know, you don't have, we didn't have access to all the links online. I used to go back and check floor plans then, but you had to keep the paper based of it. So, and there were a few other agencies that had floor plans. McGrath did, Di Jones did, and I used to keep their books as well. So that's what you had to do in order to keep, to track the market. Massive bookcases of old magazines. Ridiculous. And I remember where where the property last sold. All in order. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's so nuts. But if you've done our free mini course on how to price a property, you'll know that there's a wealth of free information now (laughs) on the major real estate portals. Mm. And in that course, we show you how to track sale prices, but there's some other useful info that you can gather from the suburb profiles on both domain and realestate.com.au. So let's start there. Let's have a look at stratified median prices. Now, this is really useful for seeing the makeup of the market so that the diversity of what's actually selling, like are they all four-bedroom houses or are there houses and apartments of varying sizes? This is really useful because when you're looking to, to, to gather data, you want to be making sure that you're using the data that's relevant for the property that you're looking at. No use finding out about two-bedroom apartments if what you're looking at is a three-bedroom apartment that's much bigger and has two cut, you know, it's, it's got to be relevant. Um, demographics is also a, a place that you can get, uh, the portals are a really good place to get demographic information. Um, they're really useful for seeing what the population is made up of. So are there people like you, uh, are, you know, are, are they mainly working? Are they mainly retired? Are they mainly students? Um, if you're looking to have a young family, you may not want to be in a high student population. So this is really interesting information to have a look at. You definitely don't want to be all with all retirees either, unless you want all that free babysitting. If that is your <laughs> lifestyle choice, then so be it. <laughs> now, realestate.com.au also has search demand data on their uh, suburb profiles. And, and look, we're going to give you a little, um, you know, a download here too with all these links mm. so you don't have to sort of madly scramble for them while you're listening. So in this search demand data is actually quite interesting because it shows a comparison of the amount of people searching for prop and or looking at property in that or searching for property in that suburb versus the rest of the state, mm-hmm. so it's an interesting benchmarking. Um, and also, Veronica, we did. Uh, you, you gave an example, and I think this is really powerful. You gave an example during our uh, one of our workshops, our live workshops that we conducted, the Stepping Stone Strategy Workshop, uh, which is actually available now as a tutorial as well. But you gave an example of a particular suburb that had an extraordinarily low. Um, search rate Mm. compared to the state. You want to give us a bit of insight into that? Yeah, look, and see, here's the thing too, if if particularly with the stepping stone strategy, so just a, a little bit here, when you're looking at climbing the property ladder, because let's face it, most of us can't afford to buy our dream home first go, right? We have to work up to it. And so the mm. first home is never going to be our forever home. And so in order to make sure that it does get us on the path and helps us get to our ultimate forever home, we need to make sure that we're looking at buying a property that's likely to grow in value. And so part of that a very important part of that process is to understand how to choose locations. And, you know, when you're choosing a location, you do want to be buying into an area where there's a lot of demand, where a lot of buyers want to buy. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be chasing something that's easy to buy because because prices are a bit cheap and it's a bit more affordable, right? It's one of our home buyer principles, isn't it? You know, if it's easy to buy, it's it's going to be hard to sell. Um, And it, it, it rings true always. So this, this is a, 
nifty little thing in the realestate.com.au that shows you how many people are actually looking at for property in that area. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go and buy and get myself a bargain, I want to buy something that's easy to buy, this, this really comes down to ultimate buyer demand. The reason it's easy to buy is because no one's really that interested in buying there <laughs> compared to everywhere else in the state. And that's a real issue for the future you. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. We want to have a good chat with future you uh, future before you. you make a decision on that one. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a line in uh, Bart, Sim- you know, The Simpsons and it's um, Homer sort of making bad decisions and saying, oh, well, that's a problem for future Homer. I sure <laughs> don't admire that guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, the we digress. The other thing on that page in realestate.com.au, um, it, it, there's suggestions for similar suburbs based on the demographics and median prices. Um, and so that's, that's you know, that can just take you on your educational journey. The the thing about median prices, and this is where that, that segmentation data that we mentioned, the stratification um, table that you can get in this, in this part of the website as well is useful because the median price is like one price for the entire suburb. Mm-hmm. But when there's a lot of variety, variety in the stock, you sort of need to be able to say, uh, what's the median for a two-bedroom house? What's the median for a four-bedroom house? Mm. It's important to really sort of dig deep and understand uh, in more detail the local dynamics. And so Uh, rather than looking at aggregate data. Yeah, absolutely. But word of warning, as we always do, it's very easy to go down a demographic rabbit warren and focus (laughs) on all the wrong stuff. (laughs) So, but if you're unsure about the makeup of an area, particularly if you're planning on rent vesting and don't live near there, then atlas.id is a great starting point. It's it's really easily digestible detail on census data um, around such things as social makeup, economics, density, employment, and demand for affordable housing. There's also instructional videos that show you how to use their tools so that's a great one to get on it's really cool another site that we like that gives insights into the makeup of a suburb is microburbs now this one is a bit of fun too as it scores every suburb in a range of categories like you know family communication lifestyle tranquility affluence and even a hip score now (laughs) (laughs) the one thing (laughs) This is sort of created, These all these scores Very are created funny, by AI, one. you know. Mm-hmm. So the guy that created, Luke Metcalf, who created microburbs, is sort of basically plugged into the machine to say, right, what are the important things in property prices and in, in areas and, you know, what contributes to price growth, et cetera, et cetera. And it's sort of the machine spat out all this stuff. So it's quite <laughs> fascinating. Now, he he's a big data guy who, you know, charges a lot of money to consult to big organisations. Microburbs might be a little touch out of date. I, I think he sort of gets in there and updates it sporadically but it is still valuable um and it is free and it's it's gives some really lovely insights into different areas so don't rely on the sold data in there or anything like that because no 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 because and the da data because that's all out of date yeah we had a student remember veronica who was looking at a particular suburb and and he he absolutely tickled him pink when he looked at it and realized the hip score uh, for where he was looking for was negative twenty thousand. i think it was negative twenty thousand. i think that was his slight hyperbole there but um i don't think it does score it like that but yeah (laughs) it's one to ten seemed to be as hip as he thought it would be (laughs) but of course because the the data was a little bit out of date and therefore some of the gentrification that had happened and some of the turnover of the older generation to the new generation hadn't actually been captured. So, you know, as with everything, little word of warning can be a little bit out of date. Um, Then there's market data like median prices and often the free sites give basic access to top line data at kind of the city, state or national level. 
it's not really helpful for buyers to make individual purchasing decisions on. Um, SQL is one example. They do have freely available rental va uh, vacancy data, which if you're rent vesting is really valuable. Uh, and it goes right down to the suburb level. You know, REIQ, REIV, there are different organisations that do produce these sorts of reports. Whether you can access them free or you've got to pay for them, each, each state's going to be different. But this sort of information is useful when it comes to comparing one suburb against another. But don't use it in isolation. <laughs> no, definitely do not use it in isolation because, of course, it can change too. And that's why you've got to build up a, a big picture, a multi-layered picture when, you, mm. when you're researching. Uh, one great source of data um, is a bit one of my personal favourites is the property nerds. Now, they also show vacancy rate, uh, sorry, vacancy data by suburb as well as rental and sales listings. And you can also search suburb by suburb, suburb and see the days on market now versus 12 months ago. So, this will give you an indication of how fast properties are selling or whether the situation is improving or worsening as well as the direction of prices. Mm. But my favourite tool in there is the price segmentation tool. So, there's a part of this uh, property nerds to suburb trends. Once again, we will give, there's a download with all the links uh, in the show notes. Now, this is so useful to see what the most popular price segment is in an area. And also to see, back to that sort of the stratification of median prices, you know, I said there's, there's mini markets within a, within a suburb. And so it is also, you know, you can see the different suburbs within mm. the suburb and the sort of the price ranges um, of them. And for example, an expensive beachside suburb that also has cheaper homes on the other side of the highway. You know, that's yeah. if you lump that all into just one lot of suburb data, you're going to miss those nuances, which are really important. Particularly when you're actually trying to price an individual property. So, for example, the property behind me, uh, <laughs> those of you who like to watch um, the podcast rather than listen, you'll know that each week I each episode I have a different unique home behind me and and this is one that I would find extremely difficult to price if if this was a target property for a client of mine this yeah. is the beer can house in Houston and, uh, and can and I just just add something it looks like it's been decorated for Christmas it's it sort does. of got like it looks like it's got these dangling trails of fairy lights all over it but I it's not fairy lights, it's beer cans? It's beer cans. Yep, yep. They wow. have uh, they have entirely decorated the house with beer cans. Uh, so very unique. Uh, would there be a large market for it on resale? Possibly not. Would it attract a lot of interest? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but a tough one to, to price because of its uniqueness. <laughs> Actually, that's a classic that you say, would it attract a lot of interest? And so back to that REA, you know, the realestate.com.au page, and I said that there's the, um, the search data that shows how a particular suburb fares compared to other, uh, to the rest of the state. Yeah. Uh, this might, this house, if it was on the market, um, um, that might have more clicks on it than it should have. Like Absolutely. out of curiosity, yeah. not out of pure interest as in buyer interest. So, And you can a, often good... see how popular a property is, not because of genuine interest, but just, you know, pure curiosity, because at the bottom of the page of, of each property listing, you, you see how many times it's been viewed. Mm. Uh, and, and that's an interesting one. So probably more relevant if you're looking at, at you know, a normal type of property as opposed to a really <laughs> interesting one uh, or unique one. But um, that, that's some way to go as well. If you're looking, if, there, if you've got a property that in a suburb where there's a huge 
huge amount of, of interest and that particularly particular property isn't getting a lot of interest, you've got to start to ask yourself, well, what is it about this one that actually doesn't make it popular in a popular location? Mm-hmm. Now, when you're doing a due diligence on a property, you'll find there's loads of free information on the local council's website. This is gold. They have all the planning and development section. You can check out what the neighbours are planning to do, but also what they could do in the future or even what you might be able to do to improve the property and what you cannot do. This is so, so important to know because if you buy a property thinking you can put a pool in the backyard and there's actually a, a mains sewer running through the back of the property, then that might not be the property for you or you may price it incorrectly because it then doesn't have the opportunity to do what you want to. So there's all sorts of other stuff there as well. Um, you can learn about like floods and, and zoning and character houses and, and and all of those sorts of things. You can, you know, there's, there's um, uh, main roads, maps, there's, there's air, um, uh, there's noise levels, there's, there's soil types, you know, all these sorts of things are really, really valuable and completely free. And every state and territory also has free planning of information that is freely available, free information, freely available. You can usually free, free, search free. by the address. And, and once again, we've put links in here for the Eastern Seaboard um, into the, the – so check the show notes if you want these links. Um, now, you can usually search by address to see how a property might be affected. So we've included some of these portals, as I mentioned. Um, one great one that we use in New South Wales is Six Maps. It has a measurement tool so you can actually get an idea of the land size or the frontage, which is particularly important if you are actually thinking about doing some work, uh, renovation because there are always restrictions uh, in terms of, you know, the, the frontage of a property or the overall land size. And there's another mm. one called Land Checker, which has data on property in numerous states. Um, yeah, so th- these are amazing what you can discover here. Absolutely. And, of course, as buyers agents, we subscribe and pay quite hefty subscription fees to get access to higher level um, detailed information. But you may not need that level of information. You can get some of this for free, uh, but it's worth checking if there's anything that you're missing. Now, don't forget Google Maps and Google Earth. It's absolutely amazing what you can see from an aerial view. And sometimes you can even see maybe a roof that needs replacing when a building inspector hasn't been able to get up there. Uh, just <laughs> That check happened the to us state. recently. Did it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, literally, that. Uh, you know, did that that satellite view and went. Oh, I wonder how when that roof if that roof's been replaced. And sure enough, it hadn't. So we checked with the owner, right. and no, I haven't replaced the roof. But the building inspector didn't pick it up. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, just check the image date uh, because sometimes the the image is actually a few years old. So things might have been done. So as you did, you sort of saw some information and then verif- went on to verify mm. it. Uh, and that's the important bit. Sometimes this just raises your awareness enough to ask the right questions and put you in the right place to not just move forward without having um, verified something. Absolutely. Another fun, uh, thing that we find really useful in our business, which of course is in Sydney, is the Sydney Airport Flight Path Map. You can mm. actually you can One dive in Brisbane in. as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, you can just plug in an address and you can see clearly whether or not it's under the flight path. Mm. And not only that, how the wind direction will change things because, of course, wind is seasonal. And so there are, you know, everyone just thinks, oh, you're under the flight path, you get flight noise all the time. Well, you don't actually. No, there are, no. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the height. You can actually see the height mm. of the planes at certain in certain locations. So 
you might be in a flight path, but the, the planes are very high and the impact is less than if they're quite low as they're taking off and, and landing. Well, so actually on that too, that the landing paths will be much more concentrated because of course they've got to come in at a certain you know, at a certain angle, whereas mm. um, when they take off, as soon as they're up in the air, they can fan off in all different directions. So mm. the actual, uh, whether you're under the landing path or a takeoff path uh, is actually really critical because landing does get a lot more noise, even though each plane is quieter, it's, oh, it's, it's in a narrower band of airspace and also takes longer to land than each takeoff which basically goes in all different directions and is they're gunning it like each plane is louder but it's the the noise is dispersed and it's a lot faster there you go piece of gold right there there you go (laughs) lastly um stories in the property market are never far from the front pages of the paper and are often used as clickbait so it's important that you get your property news from a reputable source you know i can open up the paper sometimes on a saturday and i can see you know, three, four, five <laughs> different opinions about what's going on in a single market, uh, depending on who's trying to sell something or what angle they're, they're coming yep. at it from or what they're trying to, to actually encourage people to do or not to. So papers are a really interesting source of rumours, but they're never going to be the facts that you need to make an individual property decision. CoreLogic has a news tab on its website. It's data-driven. It's less sensationalised than you'll find on the standard news outlets. So it's well worth subscribing to. They keep it real. And you know what's really interesting too, and and, and it goes through the headlines, is self-interest. And unfortunately, the property market is full of experts that are also peddling their expertise framed up in a certain way to get you to believe a certain thing so that they can sell their certain product to you, whether that be a property or whether that be advertising or whether that be a system or or whatever it is. And of course, we're trying to sell your course. (laughs) We're trying to sell you education, right? Um, And so our our objective and our self-interest is quite clear. We just want you to be educated so you make good decisions. We want to educate people so they don't make bad decisions. We're not actually selling properties. No, and that's therein lies, you know, when we do our research before we put together a workshop or even before we put together the Your First Home by a Guide, you know, there is so much in the way of free education out there for property buyers as well. And I guess you have to be careful about doing free courses when it comes to property. And a number of reasons why we say this, not just because, of course, we're peddling our paid course, <laughs> um, but even our little mini you've pricing to, course. You've got to have is, a look at the, what are they what are they trying to give you? You know, if you look at a free course from a bank, they're, they're going to sell you a mortgage. So a lot of the basis of the course is around the money side of things, not that not necessarily the asset selection side of things. So mm. it's kind of understanding, well, what, what's the angle here? What are they actually trying to sell me? And when I do that course, what do I need to come away with and what do I need to have my eyes wide open about? It's also who's putting the course together. So, like, you know, I, I'm recently looking, actually subscribed to a, a free online first home buyer course put, you know, put out by a very reputable site, right? But the problem is a journalist has researched this rather than an expert who's researched, who, who's put this together. So, you're, you're getting good research content, but also the design of that is to get more eyeballs to the website so that they can sell more advertising. So the actual duty of care, if you like, of actually helping you make those really insight, well, the insightful um, 
educational content to really help you get an edge, really help you understand what you're doing is not going to be there because that's not the goal of the course. The course is the goal of the course is to get eyeballs to their website so they can sell more advertising. Um, Our goal is to actually educate you so you can make better decisions. Two very different intentions. And whilst you can get some great information from some of these free sources. I'm not saying that they're all crap at all, but you do have to be very mindful that they don't replace um, a proper education site because they have a very different intention and a very different role to play. Yeah, good point. So, Veronica, there are plenty of free resources available online. Our tip is to use that information within the context of what you are doing. Data on its own shouldn't be the basis of your decision-making. It should be part of a much bigger evaluation process, which, of course, you can learn about in your first home buyer guide. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.